It's exciting to to know that God has done some great things uh, in the life of our church. It's exciting to know that God has uh, continued to work and is continuing to work. And one of the great things is that we as a people of hope, we as a people of faith in Christ, we as a people who have the promises of God, are not simply those who just look to the past and look to the past as the glory days, and maybe one day we would get there again, but we look at God's faithfulness, and so then what we do is we want to look ahead to the future and say, it's amazing what God has done. What is God going to do next? Because we don't want to stay in the past. We don't want to live in the past. We want to celebrate the past. We want to enjoy the past. We want to recognize that God has moved But our ultimate desire is not just to have a a golden heyday, but to say, where is God going next? What is God doing now? And so as we do that, as we start looking towards the future, we always kind of have to make sure that we're we're going the right direction. I remember uh, doing some mission trips and helping re-roof houses. And when you get to the very end, you, you've kind of torn everything off. You put the, the new tar paper down. You're going to put the shingles down. And when you go to put the shingles down, uh, especially if you've never done shingles before, you make sure that you put a straight line down so that those shingles go straight. And so you want to keep the shingles as straight as possible. I'll try to say not those words together. That's just shingles straight. That's tough. So you make this, this chalk line. And so you take the line and it keeps them straight. But if you inadvertently get off by about a quarter of an inch, you say, well, a quarter of an inch is not that bad. But if you start off at a quarter of an inch, by the time you get all the way to the end of the roof, you're off four or five inches. And it looks really bad. You've got to start over. Well, why do I say that? Well, we can be doing some really good things and going right in a good direction. But if we're off just a little bit from where God wants us to be, we are going to then find that five years down the road, Maybe we're a lot further away than where we need to be. So this five-year time is is a good time for us to celebrate, but it is also a good time for us to say, let's make sure we're we're going in the right direction. Do we need to refocus? Do we need to recalibrate? So what is that? What are the things that we need to do? What is it that we need to be doing? Where do we need to go? And you've actually heard some of this this morning, but the danger is we could say, all right, we just need to make sure we're deeper theologically. We need to, maybe we need to start more ministries. Maybe it's because we don't have enough stuff. Go, maybe, we, maybe we need to do some more things. Or maybe is, it, is the goal we need to add more services because that means we've got more people. What is it all about? And what I would say is something we've alluded to multiple times. We've seen several times this morning. I want to take us for just a minute to say here is the focus. Here's what we need to be doing. And it comes out of Matthew 28. Matthew 28 is the last chapter in the book of Matthew in a few months, we're going to get here, and we're going we're gonna to teach on this for probably a couple weeks, these last verses in Matthew. So this morning, I am not going to spend a, a super huge time unpacking everything that's here. But it's really important. This is Jesus' last words to his disciples. He's about to ascend back into heaven. He's sending them out. This is what we call the Great Commission. This is what it is all about And Jesus lays this down, and as he gives them this commission, it's it's also the commission to us. So Matthew 28, we're going to start in verse 16. If 
Bible says this. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And Jesus has a command. His, his command is not to go. The word go there is just a descriptor. It says as you're going. Jesus' command is to make disciples. That's what he says. His disciples come together. It's not unintentional that the, Matthew says the 11 disciples came and he says make disciples. What the disciples were to do was by the power of the Spirit they were to replicate themselves. What Jesus had taught them, what Jesus had done in them, what Jesus had commanded them to do, they were then were to go and find others and teach them to do the exact same thing. And if you think about it, we as Remedy stand in the long line tracing all the way back to this command given by Jesus to the eleven to go and make disciples. Because as we are disciples of Jesus, somebody who was a disciple of Jesus told us about Jesus so that we could be a disciple of Jesus. And somebody told them, and somebody told them, and somebody. And we could trace it all the way back to this day on this mountain as Jesus is about to go into heaven. He tells these guys, go and make disciples. And we can look and see that Jesus has done this all throughout history. We stand in this line. And this command that was given is now our command. We as disciples of Jesus must be about making disciples of Jesus. That's the bottom line. How do we do that? Well, Jesus gives them two very clear ways in which they're to do that. They're to baptize them and they're to teach them. Baptize, baptism is the entrance into the community. It is the, I have seen and heard about Jesus. I am trusting him. It is a public declaration that I'm following Jesus. People are baptized because they begin to follow Jesus. The way we make disciples is that we tell those who don't know about Christ, about Christ. We share. Fudd has already said, we commit to you a lifestyle of suffering evangelism. This is what we must be about. If we are going to be disciple makers, we must be telling people about Jesus. This isn't swapping people from other churches. This isn't we're going to grow because another church is falling apart or they don't like the music there or they like the preaching better or they just like the fact that they can wear jeans here. That, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about people in our community don't know Jesus, us Opening our mouth, sharing the truth of the gospel, and seeing their lives changed as they come to Christ. That's the baptism part. But then there's also the teaching part. Notice what Jesus says. We're going to teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. Jesus doesn't just say, go make converts. Get a good role. Let them know. Put another notch in your belt that you told somebody and they decided that they're going to start following. No. He just says, lead people to Jesus and lead them to follow. Jesus. This is what we're talking about as the gospel changes us. Fudd has already said the gospel is for those who don't know Jesus, but the gospel is those who do know Jesus. And so we're walking with them. And so what do we do as a church to ensure that we are proclaiming the truth of Jesus and then walking along and raising people up to be replicating disciple makers? What do we do? 
Well, as a church, Fudd and I are going to say, we're going we're gonna, to we need to make some recalibrations. Now, this isn't anything drastic. We're not doing anything huge. In fact, I would say we're probably not doing a lot new. None of this, I think, will surprise you. But what we want to make sure is that as we're heading towards making disciples, we're not off just a little bit. We need to make some adjustments to make sure we're, we're, we're tracking along that line where we're supposed to be. There's three areas that I say we're going we're gonna to focus on this. Uh, first one is the missional impact of our community groups. Now, you've already heard an amazing story from the Millers about how God's using them in the children's detention home. We could have had so many other people, and I think there will be other stories of what God's done through the community groups. And we've been able to make impacts all over the city. But one of the things we've realized is that we are, we're kind of taking a real shotgun approach. We're going all kinds of different places, making lots of impacts, little impacts here and there. And what we have fought is we've been thinking about it, we've been praying about it, and we said, you know what? What if, what if we had a common vision for our community groups? Not saying don't do what you're doing. Yes, you've built those relationships, do that. But what if every single one of our community groups was really focused missionally on making a very specific impact in a specific place in the city? Think about all the small impacts we've been having. What if we all channeled together and we as Remedy said, we're going to adopt this. And we want to impact this group of people, this section of the city, this whatever that is. And we're going to all of our community groups come together. And though we may have some individual places that we've built relationships and we still want to be a part of that, we're going to focus all our energies and saying we're going to impact this part of the city. How much more of an impact could we have? How much more can we say, I get this. This is the vision. It's not just something that we don't know what everybody's doing. No, everybody, we're working together on this. We're focusing together on this to be the remedy on the city. We've talked about meeting those physical needs. Well, let's focus all of our attention on making a very definite impact. And as we're there, we're sharing the gospel and letting people know about Jesus. So the missional impact of our community groups. Next thing is this, the global impact of our mission strategy. Now, you've already heard about it, and, and if you've come to Remedy, you know every other week we pray for an unreached people group. We pray for people around the world who don't know Jesus, and we're going to continue doing that. But as we've, as we've talked about that and fun and I've prayed about that, is we need to take that one step further. We, we think and we believe and we're praying towards this. That beyond just saying we need to pray for unreached people groups, we need to say as a church... We want to start making an impact on an unreached people group. Let's move from simply saying we're going to pray every week to say, you know what? We want to pray for one specific unreached people group. Multiple times. Over and over. But more than saying let's just pray for one unreached people group. Let's adopt a people group. Pray for them. Let's try to connect with people who are already trying to reach them and pray for those missionaries. And then let's send people from Remedy on short-term teams to try to find a way to reach that unreached people group that we've been praying for over and over and over again. And then let's pray ultimately that God, by His mercy, would call out people from our body to move across the world to give their lives to reach that unreached people group. See, the danger is we can just talk about praying for unreached people group and it's just something we do at the end of the service. Let's put our money where our mouth is. 
If we believe that God says we need to make disciples of all nations and there's people who've never heard, let's do this. Let's take a step forward. Let's say, okay, there's 6,000 of them. We can't reach all 6,000. We're going to choose one and we're going to be intentional. We're going to try to find a way. This small church in Rock Hill, South Carolina is going to say, we want to reach those people and we're going to do whatever it takes. We're going to try to start the process and be whatever God wants us to be. So we're going to shape the global impact of our mission strategy. And this will change the way that we might do international missions, but it will get us focused in a good direction. The last one is this, the national impact of church leadership development. National impact of leadership development. Fudd talked about the fact that kind of in our DNA is this idea of planting churches. Uh, Over the past two years, we've been doing an elder candidate class. It's a class for for men to go through to see if maybe God's calling them out to to be an elder. Uh, A lot of guys have gone through and said, I don't know if God's calling me to do that, but I just want to be closer to Jesus. I want to learn more. I want to get ready. And that's not just something Fudd and I do because we think it's fun. And we enjoy it. We like that kind of thing. But there's an intentionality behind that. We think that God wants us to be a part of planting churches. And at any point that we stop talking about it, at any point that we stop thinking about it, we're just not going to do it. And so we want to put these systems and these strategies in places where we're saying this is always up here up front. And so the hopes and the desires is out of this doesn't just raise up men for here at Remedy that can help lead well, but that God would even raise up people out of those out of that class and out of this body to say, we want to help send you out. And let me just tell you something. That is hard. And there's a reason why a lot of churches don't want to do it. As a a pastor, to think that God might call out some of the really awesome people in your church to leave and go somewhere else, you just want to kind of say, "Uh, seriously, God, they're doing a really good job here. You know, Portland, Oregon really doesn't need them. Rock Hill needs them, or Denver, Colorado, or Chicago, or in the Northeast, or whatever. But what we want to be able to say is, God, if you've given them to us, Lord, may we shepherd them and lead them, and if you call them out, though it is painful to watch them go, it's about the kingdom, seeing the kingdom of God expand. And so we want to continue developing leaders and praying, God, would you raise up people from Remedy to go across this country and even across the world to start churches, to tell people about Jesus, to make disciples where disciples have not been made. And the reason why we can do this, the reason we move forward in this, the reason why is we look at the very end and it says, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus doesn't just give this command and say, I hope you guys make it happen. He says, this which I've commanded you to do, I'm going to be with you as you do it. I'm going to be right with you, walking with you as you do this. He does not command us to do something that he's not going to be right there with us as we do it. So as we walk forward in the next five years or ten years, twenty-five years, May we always be about making disciples, recalibrating where necessary, and being intentional about doing what God's called us to do.